More coconut oil. More coconut oil? What, what about some that stuff for your nose? Zinc oxide. Yeah, sure. Ah, luxuriating. Yeah. In so, the heat wave. So warm. That is heat. And toasty. <laughs> Get used to it. Yeah. Actually, uh, it's, it's really, it's just going to be, that's why the branding is so important and you got to start early. Climate because change. Because when you say global warming uh, and people go, it's freezing. Yeah, that's part of the global warming. Global warming, yeah. <laughs> but okay, all right, climate change, no, lost you, lost you already? Okay. I know. We'll enjoy freezing to death yeah. and also burning to death in the summer. But right. that's what we're looking at. But a temperate February 3rd. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's shorts weather. I know. <clears throat> it's crazy. Yeah. It's, I mean, it was literally like how much below? Like 35 below, like earlier this week? Yeah. I mean, it was so cold that my work was like, please, please don't come don't in. Don't come in. Yeah. We'll pay you to stay home. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And now it's shorts weather. I know. And, um, you know, we have fun on this show. Yeah, we do. We have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you got to get serious. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I just, <clears throat> I wonder if we know what we're living through. Like, we haven't done this in a while. I think what it was in, in the 1800s, you know, Krakatoa blew up or something. Right. <laughs> or what was it like? Um, the early 1800s was like the little ice age, right? And it was because of atmospheric conditions. And I don't think that <laughs> you've got away on this one, man. I don't think it was man-made, but for for some reason, atmospheric conditions, it was, you know, very cold for um, like the pretty much the decade. Sure. Um, and then, of course, um, Krakatoa blew up through ash into the sky and that caused it to be kind of cold for a couple of years in Europe, um, affecting, you know, the global albedo or whatever sure. i'm not a meteorologist but right. i don't have to be to know this is weird yeah this is weird it is weird and we need to get ready for something we need to maybe read some old journals and some epistolary <laughs> situation sure. figure out or some policy figure out what they did back then because it's going to cause upheaval it's going to yeah. cause people to travel you're going to have climate refugees we yeah. already don't seem to like political refugees i know people who have been driven out by horrible other people and now uh it's too hot my house right. is underwater right um how's that gonna go i don't displaced think people well. yeah i know that's a serious issue yeah i don't mean to turn this into a civics thing but people need to be aware of it yeah um i guess i hadn't thought about that before but you and everybody else yeah i know i know um but it is a, a serious situation, and we can laugh about it and be like, oh, it's just so crazy, the weather here, but it... How hot is it? Right. But but like you said, it's it's not a laughing matter, um, and it is actually very serious. So uh, we got to plan for the future somehow, uh, and... Hey, you got a day off with pay. What's your, what are you complaining about? <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. It's like when the... Smoking companies, you know, they're just smoking. When the cigarette companies in like the late 70s or early 80s were first confronted by lawsuits over their product making people sick unto death. Yes. And causing things like cancer. um, Yeah, cancer, but also emphysema, um, specifically like uh, fetal uh, problems, you know, fetal development problems, Mm -hmm. um, low weight babies. Yeah. 
like under oath testifying, one of the executives said, well, I think that many women would want a, a lighter baby. Wow. <laughs> and it's just like, you can't be that stupid. Yeah. You right. have just been paid mm-hmm. by people who have an interest to keep things going to say whatever you can think of. Mm-hmm. This is the, imagine Womp Womp guy, but with sideburns. <sighs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and a wide lapel, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. That's what's going on here. Mm-hmm. There are people with interests who are just paid to keep things going as long as they can the right. way they are, which right. is going to kill us all. Yeah, no, I agree. How's the nerd sphere doing? Um, (laughs) I feel like the nerd sphere is doing okay. I don't think it is. You don't think it is? Well, it's hard to say. Um, You know, the um, we should say that uh, a con that has been here for a couple years, two years, I think. Yes. um, That branched out from Phoenix called FanFest has come to the Twin Cities. Well, yeah, but it's the parent company's FanFest. The one in Phoenix is FanFest. They okay. try to differentiate, I think, by calling it fan fusion here. Okay. Will not be returning in 2019. No. Um, it will not. Two is the the amount. you, you Good money, then bad. No, bad money, then good money after it. Uh-huh. Then we're done. Right. Wizard did the same thing. Yeah, Wizard was only here for a couple of years. No, I think so. Wizard actually went for a third year and then they called it have. quits. NerdCon Stories. Two years. Called it quits. Yeah. No worse money. No. After the wait, good, gooder money, and whatever. You understand? What there's, saying. there's a, actually a new GalaxyCon book festival. That's oh, great coming for you! Here. But anyway, GalaxyCon is is okay. It's coming here now too. Um. So. So yeah. I want to hear all about your book festival off the air. Uh, okay. So, um, <laughs> what is it? Uh, real quick, and then we'll tell people who we are and just keep doing the show. Okay. Um. Why is it hard to break in here? Oh, man, I. I wouldn't say that it like it's the climate, but maybe it is. It's not. I I don't know why it's hard to break in here, except Wizard World Madison still going strong. Um, I would say I think that some of the cons that have come here have not been cognizant of other cons Good that point. are going on at the same time, or you know, in relative proximity and. Some fans want to support the local cons, so they're not going to go to, a, say, like a Wizard World if they come, like, the same time that, like, um, sure. Spring Con is happening. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. But what if you put it at some point where it's not conflicting with anything? Is it I impossible think, mm-hmm. to not conflict? Do we have too many activities? I don't think we do. I mean, I wasn't directly involved in the planning, but I was part of the, or at least a witness to the conversation of... When they would decided, uh, this is um, Fan Fusion, to do their second year. Right. And the first year didn't work out because it was conflicting with um, State Fair or something like that. Yeah. And the second year, they were looking at a bunch of different things. And they finally had to settle on one that was right in the middle of, I don't know, something Aquatennial or something like that. And they were just both a disaster. Well, I think, I mean, it's entirely possible that we have too many events during the usual con season that's entirely possible i i just but i also think it's comes down to poor planning and not getting the information from people who are local and you know utilizing them to help with your planning i get that you have a business that requires um little 
greasy cornholes to line that line up for you. Right. You know what I mean? Come in, pay for a badge, mm-hmm. pay for autographs. Yes. You know, you you are you are basically you don't even have a I mean, you've got a product. Everybody's got a product, but your product is interest basically. Right. You are capitalizing on <clears throat> fans. It fans in the name. Mm-hmm. Fanatic. You are capitalizing on people's interest. Right. But so many of these companies seem to think that it isn't necessary for them to and trust me, I mean, we're part of a very successful fan run convention. Mm-hmm. We've been to other conventions that are more fan oriented. Right. And dealing with fans can be sometimes problematic yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Like a baseball team, the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Just put on a baseball game and if they don't ask you like so what would you like to do you know sometimes they take your like they've got wild rice hot dogs or something like that like they provide a variety for you to enjoy but they don't ask you to like (laughs) to like be a partner in their thing they just want you to pay 35 dollars right buy some beers Mm -hmm. and, and a wild rice hot dog and watch the game and so i get why these companies who have been successful in other places think they can come in and just dictate terms but from what I understand, even this company has been successful in Phoenix right. because of their work with the fans. Mm-hmm. Plus, as an organization, find responsible people and offload it onto them. They're fanatics. They'll do it for free. Absolutely. So why not make deputize them? Mm-hmm. It's less work for you. You're not paying somebody else. Right. And a lot of the failed people that have come in and failed, I think, have failed because they didn't do that mm-hmm. they as didn't a business, cater to the fans enough but i'm trying to get more specific than cater to the fans but i do think that you're right there and so you know i don't know why they don't the whole their business is fans i don't know why they think they can go and we'll tell you how to be a fan and we'll tell you when it's right. the right time to be a fan right i don't know why they think that they don't have to pay attention to what the people who are going to to go to this thing are saying right about it. Oh, I, I agree. You know, the first year that Wizard came in, it was on the same weekend as s- something. It probably was SpringCon. Yeah, that's right. It sure. was uh, SpringCon, which has been for 45 years or whatever. Yeah. And it's Wizard. They don't care. No, they don't. But you think that somebody like FanFusion would be smarter. Yeah, you do. So, I don't know. Doors open, but I don't know. Probably not coming back. Not anytime soon. No. It's too bad. Yeah, that is too bad. You know what's good? What's good? We are. The Just Enough Show podcast. I'm your host, Caliban. Joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Yukon Hana. Straightening my mic out. Hope I can be heard throughout that last segment because it was pointed the wrong way. Oh, no. I can't see through mesh. It's complicated to see that. filter. Yeah. Uh, pop. Is that the name of a con? It. I want to say yes. Yeah, I, I, I don't know for sure. Something pop. Oh, it, Read Pop is the company that runs. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, C2E2 and now Emerald City, right? And then right. also Rose Con. Rose what? City Comic Con. Rose City Comic Con. Yeah, they do yeah. okay. Yeah, I think so. They do great. I think they do pretty well. Um, a couple years ago, we talked to people about them taking over, and some people had some concerns about yeah. the transition to from a Emerald from City. a yeah. uh, you know a, a mom and pop thing to a corporate thing. Some good, some bad comments. Uh, we haven't been back there. So. No, we haven't, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, when we get back there, uh, we'll tell you uh, how it's turned out. So yeah. anyway, it's the show. We're yeah. here today. Uh, as promised, we are talking about a classic film, mm-hmm. uh, a film called Rashomon. Yes. And the assorted Rashomon effect, both in the yes. real world and the effect that it's had on 
the world of cinema. That's true. TV. Yep. Web comics. Yes. <laughs> Music. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, influential. It is. It's very influential. Um, I think it's. I don't know, and I think you had mentioned or said something along these lines. I don't know if it was the first iteration of this, but it's certainly become the pinnacle or penultimate or ultimate. When let me say ultimate uh, example of that, or, or the er example. Yeah, um, it's almost impossible to find uh, a cinematic example that it's not. Specific, you know, that it's before, um, was extant before right. Rashomon. Rashomon. Like, it's just become, it's like nobody ever thought to do this before then, which of course is not true. But I, Yeah, I find that hard to believe. Yeah, but boy, you look around. For and as long as we've been storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. So, as long as we've been storytelling. Yes. Did I already do the bit with Oog went in cave, but didn't no. find rock? Okay, yeah, cavemen are doing Rashomon. <laughs> of course they are whatever uh so anyway we're talking about that uh we're talking about uh the news of course and uh all the things that are fit to cast how you doing i'm doing good cal um it's nice and toasty back here because it's you know nice and warm outside so you're I wearing re- like wool socks last week i was not so much this week. and like layers like like long underwear yeah <laughs> yeah right so yeah. A lot can change. Yeah, a lot can change. In uh, scant 150 years of uh, human industrialization. Yeah, I know. It's it's weird. It's really weird. The weather, it's kind of weirding me out. Um, so <laughs> I, I definitely believe in climate change. And no, not, we're back to that. Well, I'm just saying. Um, it's definitely a thing. It is not made up. Okay, so we're back to that. Yeah. Not a political show. I know. Not a political topic. I know. Got you right when you were taking the coffee in. Yeah, you did. Okay. <laughs> Good Contemplative. Timing. Yeah. Lower energy. Lower energy. This show. Let's make a let's make a pact. Okay. To bump it up. All right. To sounds go good. extreme. Okay. I want the kind of energy from you uh that is uh, similar to the energy of uh laughing hysterically. And very fakely. Well, like the the bandit and Rashman. Yeah, <laughs> this, I feel like this is Rocket Raccoon is shaking his head. I feel like this is like a a Japanese uh, trope, if you will. Oh, huh. I'll have to look that word up. <laughs> Where it's like there's somebody who's, you know, it has um, the upper hand, or somebody who is trying to be disdainful. You know, you pick yeah. up these things in different cultures, like. Asian people, I don't mean just like general, just mean like, but like in Asian culture, me is your face. You point to your face. You point to your your nose. Your nose, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, so if I if I'm talking about like I'm the best baseball player around, right? I, you can't see it, but I'm putting my, my thumbs. Who's good at baseball and has two thumbs? This, this guy. guy, right? Yeah. Uh, but in Japan, you go. You're not gonna. You're gonna see me again. And right. You point right to your face. Your yeah. nose. Yeah. So that's a thing. Also, a thing according to movies seems to be. Yeah, you think you got it. You don't. It's like you're you're gonna burst a blood vessel. You are clearly. I know. This is not a real laugh. He's he's at eleven, like the entire time. Yes. Yeah. He's he's gloating. Yes. He's tied up and he is just it having. Is, 
he is enjoying himself so very much it is retelling this cruel. story. Yeah. Yeah. I want to I'm going to show you self-consciously yeah. how much I enjoy the bad things I do yeah. or how much pain in, in you're experiencing. Um, the the wife uh, does it as well uh, in her story. We're already getting into the movie here. Yeah. Uh, when she's, you know, laughing at the husband or whatever. Right. Uh, in the situation that they're in. She's like, ha, 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 ha. Fun fact. Yeah. The amount of time that the bandit laughs and the amount of time the wife laughs are apparently the same amount of time. I don't know if it's like to the millisecond. Really? But it's part of them trying to That was a, to a choice. Yes, it was a choice. Okay. That, if you like that, stick around. <laughs> Talking about Rashomon later. Let's talk about the news. All right, let's. Well, these stories are just going to come. There's just one story. Oh, okay. Not, we're not going to tell a story and then have another point of view. Okay, right, right. We're not we're not doing that for the news. Uh, it seems like we're commenting on like objectivity of news, but we are objective. Yes. We pr- provide the news reported objectively, mm-hmm. then we give tons of subjective commentary. Yes. But we that's let true. you know after we've reported the news. And yeah. one thing to report is that this lock and key thing still still going forward. All right, that's it's good. It's still going to happen. Uh, it looks like they've cast the lead in the Netflix's Lock and Key show. Okay. And it's going to be Rosemarie DeWitt. I feel like I've heard that name before. What else has she been in? She's been in The Mad Men. Oh, who is she in Mad Men? She is one of Don Draper's girlfriends. Okay, that doesn't really narrow it down. <laughs> Sorry, Don. I <laughs> what, <laughs> what I've done yeah. is created a pill <laughs> that gives worms to ex-girlfriends. Oh, my God. You don't get it. She's a midge. Oh, that's not recalling. This is the, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, she is the one who um, he, like, bangs in the alleyway. Oh, the waitress? <laughs> Isn't or she? Whatever? No, 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 no. Midge is, no, that's um, that's another actress. Um, okay. Whose name I can't remember, a great actress. Um, this is uh, his artist girlfriend from the first season. Oh, oh, going way back. Yeah. Okay. And then she shows up in, like, the third season, and she's like, hey, I'm a junkie. You want to buy one of my paintings? Right. Because I, I really need it. Right. Man, <laughs> just any anyone, any painting, or just yeah. you can just give me some money, right? Right, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. So he's she's the one who we first when we first see Don, they're together, and yes, we find out later that he's married. Yes, this is right before he um, jumps ship for the um, for Rachel, the uh, um, the heir to the department, department store, store. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. And she's a Jew, so he's he's totally cool, right? He's like totally like open to all kinds of stuff. Of course he is when it comes to uh, ladies. Reading uh, (laughs) when it comes to ladies, and I can't remember what book. I think he's reading um, a Russian novel or something as well. Okay. And later on, he reads like the Chrysanthemum and the Sword, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah." Wow. I'll I'll bang a Japanese chick. Oh, of course he would. (laughs) He's non-discriminatory as far as that goes. Yes. Yeah. His, the rainbow coalition yes. of his penises. Are, are you hot? <laughs> yeah. Because come on then you're my type. So anyway, uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> there are other people cast in this show. Uh, you don't really know him. Okay. It doesn't really matter. All right. So uh, yeah. So she was actually Moving re- forward. recently in La La Land as well. Oh, okay. My chair's okay. getting real squeaky here. Let me see if I can move it around. Oh, no. Right. Make it squeakier? Yeah. This okay. is the sausage is being made. That's what that squishing <laughs> sound is. Uh, I wanted to ask if you had seen... The um, first pi- or the new picture, I should say, of Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I don't think I have. No. Okay. 
Well, this is what it looks like. Okay. And it's probably going to be the show art. Some variation of it. All right. Um, This is part of a soft reboot for Harley Quinn and for the DC Universe in general. I've got a couple DC stories to share with you. First, I want your thoughts on Margot Robbie. Uh, I have so many mixed feelings about Margot Robbie because I, I, I just, I can't, yeah, she looks a little Cindy Lauper. Um, I just, I can't decide if she's a good actress or not (laughs) or, or if I'm just prejudiced against her. Um, Okay. So let's, let's, I want you to be the bigger woman. Yeah. You guys probably the same size. Um, (laughs) And admit that she is a talented actress, or at least for a twenty-seven-year-old okay. woman, she's she's on, yeah, she's, she's on track. She's 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 not bad. Now let's examine. Yeah. Just twenty-five more minutes. Okay. On why you wouldn't like her? Why don't you like her? It's driving me crazy. She kind of rubs me the wrong way sometimes. Let's like, dig into that. Um, I don't know if it's like the characters that she plays that are kind of irritating, or. If, like, I just, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's like she's got, there's something about her that just kind of, like, rubs me the wrong way. And You said that? I know. I just, uh, I don't, I don't know what it, what it is. It, 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 do I, do I feel, like, threatened by her? <laughs> Or what is she calling you? No, I mean, <laughs> I think she's very attractive too. All actresses are attractive, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, I I just I guess I just kind of like find her performances kind of annoying. But maybe she just plays people who are kind of annoying or who are kind of spoiled and. Um, you know, want their way, yeah, that sort of thing. Maybe, maybe it's the roles that she chooses to play. Yeah, I uh, I'm thinking about it myself. Okay, I haven't actually seen her in a ton of stuff. No, and I think the probably the best job I've ever seen her do is I thought she was pretty good in Z for Zachariah. Yeah. Um, which, as far as I know, like she really pushed to get made. Like that was kind of her baby or she's sure. one of the mothers of it um and then when I, the other ones i think about harley quinn tanya uh, tanya Ta- I, tanya yeah. um mrs jordan belfort or whatever in wolf of wall street yeah these are all exaggerated worlds you know what i mean yeah that's she is true playing big Why and so and i and i tend to not like that and it's real hard to do that and yet be naturalistic at the same time. Leo is not able to do that. He only just screams. Yeah. Um, Jonah Hill can do that. Mm-hmm. He can just be a cartoon character and yet you still kind of believe him. Right. And so I don't really blame her for that, but she's been doing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, a mark against her. And we just did, we talked about it the other week. Flip, surge, splurge, con, flip, tongue, dumb. What? I looked it up. Gerald McRaney. And Will Smith, okay, slips. Oh, the movie she was in with Will Smith, and they were like spies and that sort of thing. They weren't spies; they were con people. Oh, that's right. 
Uh, I'm gonna look it up on air. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I gotta know what it that is. That was that was a bad movie. It was not a good movie. That was that was not her fault. I don't think. Well, okay, I, but here's the deal. All she has to do is just she's called in, and I think focus. What a dumb name. That's a horrible name. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like a studio. It is. It is. I wonder if it was by Focus Pictures. I don't care. I'm not gonna look. Uh, she is supposed to play. See, the thing is, is that you would have normally in that story, you would have guy is a con artist. He takes on it's a dirty rotten scoundrels. Mm-hmm. Sorry to ruin dirty rotten scoundrels for everybody, but he takes on this uh, naive who's gonna she's gonna show her the ropes and she's working him the whole time, right. right? And then we flip it over and she gets to be flipped, right? Just keep going. Um, But that's not the story. Like, she basically is, like, we bring Gerald McGrady in, and he's going after them, and she is just kind of a dummy the whole time. I know. So I think maybe she was leaning into, like, I'm real dumb. I don't know. Oh, is that how a card trick works? And it's all fine and good if it it turns around and she's like, you f***ing dummy. I played you the whole time. Um, But she doesn't, um, it never happens. She doesn't have agency. Plus, that was a couple years ago. Yeah, it was. She's gotten better since then. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, do you, did you like her as Harley Quinn? No. Okay. No. But then that was also script. I think she was doing the absolute best that she could with. With the script. Not much of a concept of the character. And that's the point of this. We're right back in. Is that this is a reboot for it. Why is it a reboot? It's a fantabulous (laughs) emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Already not looking good. Script by Christina Hodson, who wrote Bumblebee, who's real hot right now. Okay. So... But anyway, it's a reboot because we want to forget uh, new. Oh, here's some more news. Affleck's out. Oh, for sure. Yep. Okay. Um, well, and Matt Reeves has teased uh, that the Batman will be out in 2021, and it will be more of a noir detective story. Which I'm open to that. Okay. No. Yeah. I think that's okay. what we've been asking for. Um, and so this is a point. Uh, they're trying to just reboot. You know, the whole the whole. DC yeah, universe thing, yeah. Okay. Also, you've got the Birds of Prey um, thing coming out too. That is also a Harley Quinn film. Yeah, right? and so we're trying to Aquaman proved that nope, it's got all got to be fun. Yeah, yeah. The no more dark and gritty. Yep. So. And so this is all um, part of that. Okay, I mean, I guess so, I uh, James Gunn yeah. is officially directing Suicide Squad two. Okay. And it will also be a soft reboot of the Suicide Squad. Of course it will. Um, well, he, he does well with misfit teams, so I think he will fit really easily. Really and the well song choices that. will be better? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it will really be playing off of Guardians of the Galaxy and not just kind of. Yes. Um, and it all leads up to 2021, like I said, because that's when Suicide Squad is coming out. Um, it's uh, the Harley Quinn movie is coming out um, on August 6th of 2021 uh, okay. Batman is June 25th 2021 this is impossible right so, and there will be an animated DC Super Pets movie fun light fun Super Pets in May of 2021 so that's there's four, four DC movies that are coming that out year. within six weeks of yeah. each other how, yeah. how, how is that how is that going to work I don't know I, I think at least one, if not two, are going to be rescheduled. That's what I think. Warner That's Brothers also has two untitled films, um, one for the middle of July, which has um, been being touted as a big title with big stars, and one for October 1st. Now, we don't know that those are DC movies, hmm. but that is a huge slate for one, two Warner Brothers, I guess, uh, Jack and the other one. 
that that is crazy. I mean, even Marvel hasn't done that many films in I one know. year. So I know. You think Marvel that's is weird. like a steak that's come off the grill? Marvel's gonna rest it. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I guess it kind of remains to be seen when we see uh, Avengers Endgame. Because um, usually we've got we've already had promotion for Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, did you were you worried that Spider Man was okay? No, uh, not really. Yeah. I, I I guess it. It's just kind of a matter now of like how is Endgame going to play out? Right. But so. normally we would have a plethora of trailers for everything that's going to come out this year. Right. And we'd already be working on next year. Mm-hmm. And there's like this threshold. There's like this wall of silence that leads up, I think, to like the week before. Let's see. When does it come out? Australia. Like it comes out two right. weeks early in Australia. Right. Like the second this movie comes out, Endgame in Australia, th- I think there's going to be a glut of like trailers for new properties and things that they're clearly working on but they mm-hmm. don't want anything and they couldn't control the marketing from sony sony's like right screw you we're doing a spider-man right. commercial. are you crazy so i think that's what's happening with that did you get a chance to see the new Endgame spot for the super bowl not, no i'm not watching anything i don't care okay didn't watch the new captain marvel one not watching Endgame. not not good as a journalist and reporter but i'm gonna watch these movies man yeah i know i don't care yeah uh, moving to another universe, the dark universe, perhaps the darkest of universes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the dark universe is getting an old reboot. Okay. Uh, it looks like Lee Wanell, one of the co-creators of Saw and the uh, director of um, Upgrade, the recent uh, movie Upgrade, has signed on to direct the Invisible Man movie. Well, so they are pushing forward with us. And it will be produced by... Akiva Goldsman. No, no, those he no, they're gone. They're gone for good. Okay. No, uh, the new Akiva Goldsman, Jason Bloom of Bloomhouse Pictures. Oh, so So this thing is going to be it's going to cost fifty-two dollars, and it's going (laughs) to look super cheap. Yeah, and it's going to be super creepy instead of just suspenseful. Eh. You don't think so? Do you think two uh, lousy actors uh, playing uh, Scrabble in front of a camera? Mm-hmm. And then, what was that? Do you find that creepy? Um, not really, but I jump easily. So, well, that's how they he made his his fortune. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Won't be a lot of jump scares. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's hard to have a jump scare when the uh, villain is invisible. This is true. Oh, that vase fell over. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not super excited about it. Uh, and why don't we move over to the House of Mouse okay. and talk about the upcoming Disney movie releases. All They've right. released their calendar for 2019 up to 2023. Wow. That's a long time. We've got Captain Marvel. Yeah. we got the Dumbo. Ugh, afraid. We've got <clears throat> Endgame coming out yeah. in April of this year, of course, coming up. Uh, we've got May. We've got uh, Aladdin. Okay. Toy wow. Stories in June. Wow. Lion King's in July. There's a lot. Got the Artemis Fowl movie we've all been looking forward to. <laughs> well, Great. That could be good. Uh, we've got Star Wars this December. Oh, okay. Got a new Pixar movie next year, March of next year. We've got the live action Mulan in March of next year. Okay. Maleficent 2. Can you believe it? I cannot. <laughs> cannot believe there Let's is a keep 2. it going. In Assuming Angelina Michelle Jolie. Michelle Pfeiffer needs gonna... work. 
We got a Jungle Cruise movie starring The Rock. Oh my God. Coming out in July of 2020. Because Jumanji was not enough. For Indiana them. Jones 5 because everything else was not enough. And then interestingly, uh, those are all the named ones. Okay. Uh, going on from there, you've got a bunch of live action, some Pixar's, and I'll I'll pull out the uh, Marvel ones specifically. So there okay. is a Marvel movie planned. This is what I mean by this, you know, wall of silence here because right. It's 18 months away. Usually you know Usually about movies. They're titled already. Yeah. So yeah. July 31st, we've got a Marvel film. Um May, wait a minute. Yeah, uh, that's 2020. May 7th, 2021, Marvel film. July 30th, 2021, Marvel film. November 2021, Marvel film. So they're still doing three. They think three mm-hmm. is enough. Okay. DC is just, sure. they just have to learn every lesson separately, don't they? Yeah, they, they really do. Uh, and then in February of 2022, a Marvel film. May, uh, a Marvel, July, Marvel. Okay, we're still going in threes. Yep. All right. Well, I don't think they're really going to slow down much then. No, they don't have to slow, but they're not speeding up. No. Yeah. No. Um. And why why ruin a good thing? I guess if three works for you, then keep doing three. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about Lee Wanell. He's also signed on to direct the, uh, or excuse me, screenwrite the Escape from New York remake. Oh. And what I would want to know is Mm -hmm. why. Why are we doing this? Why? Because they have to remake every movie. Why? Because if lockout. it made if it made money for four lockout. Yeah. Actually, it didn't lockout got sued? Didn't it? I don't know. Lockout. Guy Pierce. I think we started watching it and turned it off like ten minutes in because we we're like, screw oh, this movie. Okay, I don't remember it. So. Daddy. Uh, Shannon oh. from Lost is the president's thirty-year-old daughter. She's kidnapped on a space station or something like that. So she they gotta always go. gets kidnapped. Yeah. They got so they gotta go. Yeah, I don't know how she feels about that. So they gotta go get Guy Pierce, who's like, yeah. call me Snake, like you know, and he's he's a bad guy. They're after him. They get him, and they go, you gotta go to this space station and save her. And there's like a bomb in your blood or something like that, and what? it'll blow up if you don't do it. And yeah, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, John Carpenter and company were like, no, 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 no. We're not gonna let this one just. Slide and the people by. that make <laughs> lock up were like, what about? This guy making these Metal Gear Solid games. Right. And John Carpenter's like, that guy's cool. Yeah. I'm okay with him doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I had Boba T with that guy. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Yeah. So just, you know, be cool to John Carpenter. Yeah. And you can remake Prince of Darkness or whatever. Right. Uh, let's get weird. You want to get weird? Sure. Why not? Rent was on Fox recently. Yes. Um, I know. So there's this thing. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm pointing at my nose. This guy doesn't watch... Broadcast TV. Right. But apparently a hot thing now is putting on these musicals, these live musicals. Yes. And Rent did not well. It got a a 1.4 rating, 3.4 million viewers, which honestly for modern TV, broadcast TV, that ain't terrible. No. I don't think it, um, it didn't win the night and it got beat out by... Celebrity Big Brother and Madam Secretary. If Madam Secretary wow. is eating your lunch, we got a problem. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, it's lower than the last um, lowest uh, record holder, which was A Christmas Story Live. I'm way behind. I didn't know about any of these. Oh, no. I heard about that. Yeah. Uh, but there was a complication. Complication yes. was one of the actors broke, broke his, his foot, foot. Yeah. during a rehearsal. It was like the last night of rehearsal. So then it yes. wasn't actually technically alive. Do you want to tell the story? <laughs> You're doing it right now. If you're going to tell yeah. it, tell it right. Yeah, okay. 
What happened? Um, well, because he hurt his foot, they were like, well, we can't do it live, so we'll take the last dress rehearsal and like play that. Right. And they had taped were... a dress rehearsal on an earlier night with an audience. Yeah. And, and they people just... were upset about that. Well, yeah. But... Yeah, and he was in a wheelchair, so you can't have, I don't know which character he was, but apparently that character could be, if he was Mark, it's just like, it's a dolly. You can film from from a wheelchair. I think he might have been playing Roger. There you go. So, I'm not 100% sure, but. Um, Here's the real problem. They didn't have an understudy. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that is a real problem. Duh. You need an understudy what are you doing? because, like, what if something now, like this I don't happens? know who the actor was, and I don't know who any of the actors were, mm-hmm. but maybe they are all people with some clout or people you'd know, like having, um, boy, I don't know anything about anything. Didn't, there were some people, nope, I don't know any actors any in any of these shows. Uh, anyway, uh, no, no, wait, uh, wasn't, um, she's a fighter, she's not going to give up? No, that's Christina Aguilera. Please stop, make me stop. I'm sorry, what are you talking about? Je- Kelly... Kelly Madison. Kelly Madison. From Justin to Kelly. Uh, She's Kelly. Oh, Kelly Clarkson. Clarkson. Didn't she do one of them? I honestly can't remember. I don't know anything. This is what a waste of time. She might have. So anyway. All right. So if, say, Kelly Clarkson's doing it, Kelly Clarkson falls off a platform. Right. You need to have somebody else. But nobody else. Who's the next? Christina Aguilera. She's not going to sign up to understudy Kelly Clarkson. No, she's not. So now Kelly Clarkson's out. You have an understudy. I'm sure a talented, you know, Broadway actress who was looking for her break. But she's not a headliner. So you don't put her in. Right. That's the only thing I can think of. Because when you have 12 people in a show who are standing up on top of scaffolds and slippery fingerless gloves. Yeah. If something happens. Yeah. You're going to do a live show. You need somebody to step in. Exactly. So it was just poor planning, Good. if you ask me. I'm glad they failed. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, that's all I've got to say about that. Okay. You? Right. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I love the show personally, uh, but I don't know how I feel about these live productions of musicals. They're kind of... Oh, you know who was in it? It wasn't Kelly Clarkson. It was... Um, the the country singer who's super popular who won American Idol the blonde she was did sound of music and she played Maria the one that lost the weight Miranda Lambert no not Miranda Lambert um, I don't know anything we suck at um, this God what is her name <sighs> she she was she's really big I that Miranda Lambert no Terrible. stop it Terrible. stop it um, I'll have to look it up. It doesn't matter. I don't. I, I if you try to say it, I will bleep it out from okay. here on out. All so right. we're done. Hey, more TV news. Yes, <laughs> it looks like CBS uh, is ordering a Frankenstein show from the guys that made Elementary. Oh boy. So my question okay. is, are they looking to have Johnny Lee Miller reprise <laughs> his role <laughs> as both the Doctor and the creature? <laughs> a good question honestly because why now didn't penny, I don't know. didn't penny dreadful prove that you can't <laughs> nobody cares about this stuff i don't know last year was technically the 200 year anniversary of of the story of frankenstein yeah uh from that, when mary shelley wrote I it i think that's why but 
I don't know. Like, what is what is the TV show going to be like? Is it going to be the monster? He, he's misunderstood. But, you know, pe- some people actually give him a chance. And then he learns from it. And he grows. And, he and runs he for cre- office. Right. I mean, <laughs> like, he, he becomes friends with a little girl instead of her throwing her in a lake and <laughs> drowning her. <laughs> they open up a kombucha business together. Right, right. No, no, dumb. So, they open like, up what a, are they going to do? It's um, hemp. I don't know. Flowers, right? They sure. Open up a, a, there you go. Yeah, a flower shop together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to center on a San Francisco homicide detective who's mysteriously brought back to life after being killed in the line of duty, and he resumes his own life. He and his wife realizes he's not the same, and there's a man behind his resurrection, Bob Morton. I'm sorry, uh, Victor Frankenstein. <laughs> it's RoboCop. Yeah, you're right. He's just dead, dead Bocop. Yeah. Corpse cop. Yeah. And, and and his wife somehow accepts him. No, she doesn't. That's she part doesn't? Of, that's part she, of the drama. Okay. All right. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Uh, so <laughs> it looks like uh, moving over to the digital side, uh, CBS All Access's uh, reboot of The Twilight Zone will premiere Monday, April 1st. Oh, wow. That's uh, that's coming up. Seriously? That's, <laughs> that's really coming up. Nothing should come out on April 1st. Oh, good point. Unless it's Good literally point. the horror movie April Fool's Day. Um, right. That's poor planning on their part. We don't know um, details about specific episodes except for the ones that have been announced as being remakes like the Terror at 20,000 Feet right. or whatever. Right. Uh, we know that uh, Ike Barinholtz, John Cho, uh, Greg Kinnear, Luke Kirby, amongst others, will be starring. Oh, your whole round of, you know, A-list uh, TV C-list movie. People. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, Greg Kinnear. <laughs> And also, uh, here's some news. Stephen King's The Stand has been ordered to miniseries at CBS All Access. Okay, so they're remaking The Stand as well. Wasn't it already a miniseries? It was. It was a very successful ABC miniseries. I, I actually... Starring Molly Ringwald. This is kind of where Gary Sinise got to start. It's where Rob Lowe started coming back. The guy from Coach, M-O-O-N, that spells Coach. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Sheridan as I think the definitive uh, Randall Flag. Sorry, sorry, Matthew McConaughey. Okay, all right. The walking dude. What? What? What about the actress who was in Laura San Just Giacomo. Shoot Me? Is that Laura San Giacomo. Okay. Yeah, I actually watched that. We all did. Yeah. We all did. When I was in junior high. The opening high. of the second episode, crowded house. Don't dream it's over. We're going through all the empty streets. Mm-hmm. Molly Ringwald is sewing her dad up in his in his burial shroud. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. It was. It was. It was weird. It was kind of dumb sometimes. It was, it was weird, but it was. I thought it was good. Well, I thought it was well done. They're gonna so. do a ten episode. You're never gonna recognize. They're gonna mess it up so bad. You'll never recognize it. And it's from Josh Boone. Who's Josh Boone? The Fault in Our Stars guy directed The Fault in Our Stars. Oh well, they're very very different properties. So I. I don't know how his background with Fault in Our Stars is going to work for the stand, but uh, people die in both of them. So <laughs> they certainly do. That's about it. Doesn't somebody have cancer? Yes. <laughs> no, seriously. No, in the stand? Uh, I don't remember. Does Glenn have cancer? I don't remember. Somebody's got cancer. Okay. The trash can man, doesn't he have a tumor or something? I don't remember. He's a righteous man. Uh, that's good news, I guess. Uh, looks like ABC is ordering a pilot for Stumptown. What's Stumptown? Oh, Stumptown's the comic. 
comic by Dreg, sorry, Greg Rucka. Yes. Uh, following Dex Perios, a Jessica Jones type character yeah. in a real world of uh, solving mysteries and taking care of her artistic brother in Portland, Portland? Oregon. Yeah. Okay. Thought I remembered it being in Portland. How Stumptown. far did we read in that? Was it just like uh, the first uh, collected first couple, volume or something couple, like that? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, that could be good. That has potential. Um, maybe I'll try to read more of the comic before it actually comes out. So why don't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it looks like Legendary, the film company, is mm-hmm. going to uh, reboot, or I don't even know what you call it anymore. But uh, they are making a Quatermass movie. A what movie? <sighs> Come on, man. Uh, okay, so Quatermass. The Quatermass Experiment. It's a very famous British sci-fi movie of the 50s. One of their first, like, sci-fi films. Okay. Um, It's about a guy named Alan Quatermass. He is a intrepid science man and, like, hero. He's like Doctor Who, but, like, human and, like, not. But he's just real smart. Sure. And, like, I think it's the first one. Like, they send some astronauts up and one of them comes back and he's... Different. different yeah he's like okay. becomes like a plant monster or something that's kind of a lovecraftian type thing okay sure. and so that it never got that popular clearly over here but it's you know that's it that's their brand it's like 50s science against you know monsters and horrors outside of time and that sort okay. of thing yeah um, and it's got potential. Who's doing that again? Uh, Legendary Films. It's going to be okay. um, written by uh, David Farr, the guy that wrote uh, The Night Manager. I, I enjoyed The Night Manager. I thought that was He well managed done. a lot of nights. He did. Nobody can argue that. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, produced uh, in partnership with Hammer Films. It's Hammer Films. Ha- like Hammer? Like Hammer Horror? Oh, I didn't know okay. they still existed. Huh. Hmm. Don't. <laughs> you know hammer or christopher lee he's dracula oh remember a couple I, of weeks ago when we that. talked about horror and how much we don't know yes some of us yes, less, I do. some of us know less than others okay well I, that would be me i suppose <laughs> i want to talk real fast about elon musk hinting at a cameo oh in the God. new star wars series the mandalorian mm, no i don't want an elon musk cameo in that why elon musk yeah. Is the Macarena being done by your parents? Yeah. It's over. Mm-hmm. We all did it at a junior high basement party. Yeah. It was fun. Mm-hmm. We were just young. Um, the lyrics are maybe like dirty. I can't, and I don't really know. I can never tell. I think they're kind of nonsensical, but whatever. Yes. Uh, and then maybe like two years on, <laughs> it's still going, and the guy on the news is like, "What are you gonna do this weekend?" Hey, I'm probably in the Macarena. Like the last second that it had any relevance was when Doctor Evil did it, and he I was, was just thinking doing that. it, yeah, as a guy who was out of touch. Yes, that's anybody who thinks that Elon Musk is still cool or wants to put him He's in a not. Star Trek, Star Wars, Star Trek, Star Wars show. He was in a Star Trek show, and <laughs> they mentioned him in Discovery again. Come on, guys. And John Favreau, come on, man. Yeah. You used to be money, baby. Yeah. Update these references. Yeah. Why the hell would Elon Musk be in a Star Wars show? I don't know. Is he playing, quote unquote, himself? He bumped John up to the top of the Tesla waiting list. Uh, maybe. 
Jeez. Playing himself? Is yeah. he playing himself? Yeah. He, is he from a galaxy far, far away yeah. long ago? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to know. Can we shoot him for real? <laughs> Can he be the guy that's like, hey, I've got a new idea for a... <laughs> Vaporize. Sorry about the mess. <laughs> Yeah, and one last story. Oh boy, this is um, this is some sad news. This is a sad end here. Okay. So the movie Groundhog Day. Yeah. Is reached some kind of 1993, four. Isn't it been spent 25 years? Something like that. Let's say. Well, uh, Sony has announced that it's making a sequel to Groundhog Day. Oh no. It is a interactive VR game. What? Yes. Called, it's called Groundhog Day, like father, like son. You're playing Phil Connors Jr. Oh, my God. And it is an interactive VR experience. That sounds terrible. The letter Y long ago was invented so it could go into the word W-H-Y so mm. I could scream, Why? <laughs> I have no idea. And my only guess as to why we are hearing about this now is because yesterday was Groundhog Day. And for whatever reason, some people have the tradition of watching Groundhog's Day on Groundhog's Day. It's one Groundhog. Yeah. Okay. So what part of the country are you from? That It was 93, by the way, which I said before. Yeah. Um, what part of the country are you from that you say Groundhog's Day? I don't know. I guess I just snuck an S in there. No, no, because there is definitely, it's like Coke and Pepsi or, or, or Pop and Soda or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can draw a line and people say Groundhog Day and people say Groundhog's Day. Now, I say Groundhog Day. I'm not caping for that being correct. It does belong to him. Right. We don't celebrate groundhogs. We just <laughs> celebrate Puxahani. Well, that's, that, that's Puxahani. They, they did that. But yeah. I mean, like. It's it's the day. It is his day. I think it yeah. should be possessive, but I don't say that. Okay. I, I don't know why I say it. I guess because I feel like it is his day. So um, I don't know. Um, I think this is a terrible idea, uh, and I don't know why it's a VR game either. Look, we're all used to... It's not even Amy Pascal anymore, is it? I, I can't, still don't know if she's been fired or not, but we're used has. to the horrible horrible decisions that amy pascal makes uh at sony pictures Mm -hmm. how did it make its way to the pictures has nothing to do with the video game side no so how did it get over there i I don't i don't know what would even happen in this game isn't isn't a a, a video game itself like a roguelike game isn't that just groundhog day already Mm mm-hmm um I think you would be forced to live the same day over and over again. But that's when you boot up a Mario or whatever. You're, that's what you're doing. You jump I on know. a block. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like I think that that's what some idiot who probably thinks that an Elon Musk in Star Wars cameo is cool thought. But that's not. Do you have to do it? right or something like that like do you have yeah, to yeah i think you'll find like different clues as sure. you play but it what through. i'm saying is is like the day starts over and you to do to win do you have mm-hmm. to know how to get to every single event in time i, think I gotta so. catch that kid coming out of the tree right i gotta i have a piano learning stat that mm-hmm. i've got to max up to a certain level so i can play with the blues band at the party to impress rita right so i've got to make it to piano lessons and hopefully god 
you don't have to like do the piano mini game every time. It right. just goes, you made it. Right. Uh, it's, it reminds me of Bully, of the game oh, Bully. Oh, sure. Yeah. Which was a <laughs> underappreciated gem, probably just appreciated enough, which was like a great experiment by Rockstar that didn't do well. And so they'll never do it again. And it'll just be, you know, shooting hookers right. in the butt with uh, AK-47s from here on out. Right. But part of the pro- problem with that was it was kind of tedious. <laughs> like you'd have to go to class. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't want to, if I want, I'd be in school and right. not playing this video game if I wanted to go to school. Right. Yeah. It, it just, it's, it just sounds like the whole game is a chore and that does not sound like fun to me. You know, you have not enticed me with the idea of this game. Right. You know? I mean, the whole thing about Groundhog Day is that at one point he was cut loose and none of his actions had any consequence because he was the god of this world, basically. Right. And so there are people, other people more studied and funnier than me have said this, but like there are days that we don't see where Phil went right to the gun shop and just came out and killed everybody in town. Oh, sure. But that's like that is a video game. Like you're playing Red Dead Redemption. Mm -hmm. You go, man, I'm bored or like I'm frustrated. Save it. And then Goodbye. Right. Goodbye, Valentine. Right. <laughs> you just wipe it off the map, right? Mm-hmm. That is a video game. Right. You have done nothing. All you've done is just said, it's video game, the video game, and then, boop, a hat right on top of the one you're wearing. Mm-hmm. In a grove, yes. three people enter. Mm-hmm. Two people leave? I think so. One guy doesn't leave. Yeah. The rest is up for grabs. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Rashomon, mm-hmm. a 1950 film by Akira Kurosawa. Yes. Big fan of his? Um, I don't know if I would say I'm a big fan of his. I feel like I haven't seen all of his films, so I, I guess I would say... Potential fan of his. Potential fan of his. Um, But, you know, potential to be a bigger fan. Well, good luck to you on your journey. Oh, thank you. Uh, How about you? Are you a big fan of Akira Kurosawa? I am. I am a big fan of his. How many of his films do you think you've seen? All All of them. them? Why not? Okay. Sure. All of them. This film stars a guy who's in many of his films, Toshira Mifune. Mm -hmm. It also stars Machiko Kayo. You can correct on any of my pronunciations. Kyo. Kyo. Yeah. Masayuki Mori. Yep. Uh, Takashi Shimura. Mm-hmm. And uh, some other people, but that, that those are the big ones. Yep. I should point out that uh, Takashi Shimura was a um, longtime um, character actor in Japan and was also in many of uh, Kurosawa's movies as well. Okay. He's not the good-looking Toshiro Mifune, so maybe you wouldn't always notice him, but he plays... Um, um, Again, now, am I a fan or not? Kambe, I guess, the um, kind of the main samurai guy in Seven Samurai. Oh, okay, sure. Very cool. Yes. But um, that was uh, that was that movie. Uh, in this movie, <laughs> he plays uh, a, a woodcutter. Yes. Uh, who's kind of cowardly. And I think a lot yeah. of his uh, roles in other uh, Japanese films were sort of character roles. Sure. No, that makes sense. What happens in Rashomon? Uh, well... <laughs> It is. That's a loaded question. It is, isn't it? 
But um, don't give me every, every story. I, I, Just I give won't. Me the shot. I won't. I'll yeah. give you the gist. Uh, so it is um, a story that is told from multiple different perspectives. Um, and all the perspectives are different. Uh, so at the end of the film, we're still not really sure exactly what happened and probably we'll never know exactly what happened. But we're at the beginning. We're at the beginning. So there is a samurai and his wife who are traveling in the country and a bandit sees them and he sees the wife and decides he must have her. Um, So he ties up the samurai. He tells the samurai something about like he has like swords buried somewhere and he could have them some tall tale like that uh and then the samurai follows him into the woods further away from his wife and their horse and uh he ties him up the bandit ties him up somehow and then he brings the he tells the wife that her husband is sick and to come right away and then they get to where he is and he's tied up and she's suddenly scared doesn't know like what this guy's motives are that yes. sort of thing pulls out at her dagger st- yes at the start of this we'll just say um trigger warning for yeah uh, talking about sexual assault in this yeah episode um so that is yada 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 basic just we got a movie <laughs> um and, and the, the frame story guide... is i'll do it the okay. frame story is a woodcutter a priest and another dude, just a, yeah. just a dude, uh, are taking shelter under um, the gate, the Tory gate, Rashomon, yeah. mm-hmm. which is in between like Nara and Kyoto. So that would set this in like the 12th century, like kind of the beginning of the classic feudal period of J- Japan. Mm-hmm. And it's, the th- you have to know, I guess you don't have to know, but it's... B- bad news. Like, this is a bad part of town. Historically, mm-hmm. that gate, like, fell into disrepair, and it was known to be, like, a kind of dangerous area. And it was also known to be a place where you just dump bodies if you wanted to get That's rid of them. That's not great. Uh, and also babies. If you want to get rid of a baby, you dump one there, too. Yeah. And so we, um, they have this great re- recreation of the of what the gate looked like um, in the film. Mm-hmm. And it's during this huge rainstorm, and the three guys are sheltering yes. there. And they all tell each other stories about this case you know mm-hmm. the two of the guys were called to be witnesses at this yes. trial of tajamaru played by mifune who's the bandit in question mm-hmm. but everybody's story is a little different yeah we don't really know what the real story is yes and they're all kind of That's... unreliable narrators uh, yeah well i mean they have conflicting stories so yeah we don't know right exactly this um this movie is often seen as the real foray of Japanese cinema onto the world stage. Mm-hmm. And as you're watching that. it, you're thinking like, this is like 1950, probably shot in like 49. This is like six years after the end of World War II. Like there are U.S. troops in Japan yeah, still that's true. while this is going on. Mm-hmm. So this is an old film. Yeah. And a lot of people think that, and I'm not saying this, I'm just saying this is what I've heard. A lot of people think that Subcon- or, um, the subtext of it is that it has to do with like post-war Japan oh, dealing sure. with their actions in the war. Mm-hmm. Okay. More, every country goes through a crisis and a, and a darkness, you know, period of darkness. Uh, what am I trying to say? 
long dark night of the soul uh, after quote unquote losing a war. Right. But for <laughs> here's a white guy. I've read the Chrysanthemum and the Sword. But for Japanese culture, it's especially tough because they had you know their last war they kind of you know did okay on russia uh they got manchuria fine Mm -hmm. they've got their emperor is a god but he has to come out and say i'm not a god also we lost the (laughs) we lost the war so it was tough for them to and there was a lot of like well we lost because of this we lost because of this and a lot of people you know trying to just countenance what had happened and also two of our cities are gone right and so a lot of people think that this com- now the story that this is based on is based on a short story by, um, okay, Ryanosuke uh, Atugawa called In a Grove. Yeah. Who he has another story called Rashomon that doesn't really have anything to do with, with the plot of this. The, the <laughs> plot of In the Grove uh, In a Grove is this. Right. In his story, Rashomon is about the gate Rashomon, and it's like it's kind of like the frame story. Like there's somebody. You know, there's like a monk and then like a woman is like stealing um, hair from like the dead bodies or something like that. And he's like, you're a bad person. And she's like, but I make wigs out of the things and that helps my family. And it's like a moral sort of relativism going on. Uh, Okay. Like you see later in the film. Sure. But yeah, so a lot of people think that that's what was going going on with that. Um, It won the Golden Lion at Venice Film Festival. So it's basically like the best film of Venice. Um, It got an honorary Academy Award. But mm. at this point, I don't think that the Academy was even looking at foreign Japanese films. films all that much. Okay, sure. Well, foreign for sure, but not Japanese ones. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, bam, hey, what's up? Right. We've got a cinema. Right. And of course, many, many talented um, directors uh, and actors would come out of Japanese cinema after that. But this is kind of like... The beginning of that. Hey, what's up, everybody? Right. Four years, we got Seventh Samurai. Right. Which um, won a lot of awards, too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you like the movie? I, I did like the movie. Uh, this is actually the second time I've seen it. Uh, first time I saw it was back in high school, and I would say it was actually for the... Um, I took two different film studies classes when I was in high school. <laughs> and <laughs> it was for the second one, which uh, was basically... I worked with the film studies teacher and kind of created my curriculum so i watched <laughs> yeah 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 I, watched... I didn't have a film studies class in high school i know I, I had a it was folded into my ap english class. right but wait i watched a lot of foreign films for it and one of the ones i watched was rashman what were the other ones um jeez choke up on the mic there uh i know um I, I can't, it's like um, a Chinese film was like like the Red Lantern or something like that. Um, I can't remember exactly. All Asian films? <sighs> they were largely Asian films. I think I watched Cinema Paradiso as well as part of it. Um, yeah, um, I, I went on IMDb a lot and did research. <laughs> you had an so. IMDb, that's amazing. Yeah, I know. Um, but I, I, I would, <laughs> I would say though that I watched it with not as, even though it was a first yeah, yeah, class, yeah. it was not You're as nice critical movie. as I watched it this time around. It's good. Next movie. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's okay. Next movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hugely influential. 
Mm-hmm. Also, it really launched the, I mean, it helped um, establish Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. Um, it also really launched the career of um, Kazuo Miyagawa, who's the um, cinematographer. Sure. And his he is, for me, more than Kurosawa, uh, no offense to him, or maybe they stand side by side. I was going to say maybe Miyagawa more than Kurosawa defines this film. Uh, they don't think they would really work together all that much after this. Okay. Kurosawa tends to have a kind of static, I think, um, sort of setup for his uh, films. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of moves. There's a lot yeah. of... Um, Miyagawa became famous for these sort of tracking shots, like these dolly shots in a forest. Like as yeah. they're doing some of these like tracking, I'm like... How are they doing this? Well, especially when... And there's no Steadicam. So you're just, I guess, setting a track up on this. Like, they're literally in a forest. Like, this is not a set. Uh, Yeah, that was just like, I was really impressed by um, some of that stuff. A lot of those long shots when we're first seeing the woodcutter's story, the beginning of Mm -hmm. his story, and he's just going into the woods. And we're seeing him from behind. He picks up a hat. Yep. And he keeps going through the forest and yep. he picks up a comb or whatever. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and like him looking up through the trees and seeing the sun. And that, I mean, yeah, that was um, some beautiful cinematography. That's why I, I like the film, but I don't love it. Okay. Like, I don't think it stands up to later Kurosawa work. For me, it feels more like an exercise, both in storytelling and cinematography. Mm, I could and see that. When you get to the end... And there's the end of the frame story as well. And you go, that's the point of the film. And I go, okay, well, that wraps it up real nice. And we can all just leave and kind of feel like it's going it's, it's to get better. It's going right. to get better. Right. For me, it's a little, it's a heavy-handed? little trite. Okay. And, yeah, and heavy-handed as well. And Kurosawa uh, reportedly tried to fight against that. I mean, everything that he wanted is on screen. But he also wanted – because – it's it's all a metaphor. It's all a metaphor, man. But it's all a metaphor for the kind of moral relativism um, that I guess he saw in society, um, in modern Japanese society. And mm-hmm. so he's you know trying to say that like there's no good guys and people justify their actions with stuff. But it, at the end, it seems like oh things are going to be okay. Right. And as they're doing hope. that last shot, mm-hmm. where the woodcutter's walking away from the shrine or from the gate, they he he waited like a long like hours for a cloud to to pass over uh the 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 set the area Uh to suggest that well it stopped raining but you know more rain could come you know you're not out of the woods yet right but it it was just a bright sunny day so it was eventually like all right fine let's just shoot it right apparently they had to mix black ink with the rainwater, and when it's pouring down rain, you know, that's yeah. all a rain machine. Sure. But they had to mix black ink with it because it wasn't showing up on film. Oh, on film. Well, I mean, yeah. often you'll see like a TV show or a movie, and whether it's supposed to be raining or not, you'll see like a mist. You know, sure. And it's and probably it's raining really harder than you can tell, but mm-hmm. it doesn't come through. But he wanted to make sure that we knew. It was raining. Yeah. So that's just something just different that you have to do with black and white um, cinematography. Something else they had to do was... Um, light plays a big role in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot of ways, light is not a good thing. Light is sort of like an oppressive thing in this film. Like it is reaching out and sort of like finding you and like transfixing sure. you. Yeah. And so they wanted this strong light to come in in the forest scenes, but they couldn't 
it was too diffuse because it was going through, through the, the leaves. Trees. Yeah. yeah. And there's some great shots in the in the grove where um, you get sort of a character sort of dappled or sort of half in and out of light, um, showing moral relativism. See yeah. what I mean? It seems like an exercise to me, unless uh, there's a lack of sophistication to it yeah. that fits 1950 but mm-hmm. you're looking back I'm not sure it, it makes it all the way so what they'd have to do is they'd have to get mirrors and position like you know PAs like outside of where the trees were so like oh this is an open place where the sun's coming straight down and then they could like bounce the mirrors off you know onto the subject if they need more light or, or whatever sure um, yeah I can see that uh, I mean I, I think, you know, another thing about this film that is maybe there's a commentary about it, about it, you know, being at the end of the war and everything um, or being after the war it is maybe, you know, this I think it's suggested that the time of the samurai in these high ladies, maybe that time Woo! is is over. Um, you mean in the year 420? Well, <laughs> These ladies are so high. Well, um, just like, um, you know, his wife, she's wearing this really long flowing kimono. It's not very practical, but it's, you know, what people wore and the way her makeup is done, you know, painting over her actual eyebrows and then painting on eyebrows over uh, those eyebrows yeah exactly um, but maybe they're kind of saying that like or Kurosawa is kind of saying that that time is is now over they are out of style um, because they get attacked by the, the bandit yeah and it also um, as much as anything else this is always talked about as the the, the Rashomon movie where there are differing accounts of something that happened mm-hmm. um, it's also um, an early uh, triangle movie. You know what I mean? That's true. Uh, where you've got uh, you've got a high-born character who's a coward, the samurai. You've got the guy who's like the desperate bandit. Yeah. And you've got the woman whose character traits are woman. I know. I mean, it's not great. No. But anyway, but you see this in like, you know, Knife in the Water or that Nicole Kidman <laughs> remake of Knife in the Water was a dead calm or whatever. Uh-huh. We've got three characters trapped in a situation and how are they going to uh, no exit, you know, start right. uh, where they're all going to affect each other and be trying to get what they want. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk about the, the rape stuff. OK. All right. Her well, character, her early character is Ben raped. Right. Look at your character sheet. I know. Ben raped. It's not great. Not um, raped hit points. Zero. So in the bandit story and then also the husband story, which is told through a medium. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, how much weight do we really give to this? But anyway. I don't know. Is this, is this, a, we're supposed to believe that this is a universe where ghosts are real? Maybe. Maybe we are. We've got, so, and here's something else that people forget about Rashomon is that you've got like Rashomon it's Rashomonception already. Like you've got Rashomon on top of Rashomon because you've got the woodcutter is like tells his like, hey, he, they're testifying to the court. So the woodcutter is like, I found all this crap. And the priest right. is like, well, I talked to the guy. Then the cop that caught Tajumaru is like, I found this guy. He fell off his horse. So right. we're already getting 
separate accounts of something. Yeah. Then we get the actual testimonies from the people involved. So we've yes. got like a Rashomon hat on a Rashomon hat. Yeah. Ding. Maybe that's our title. <laughs> so, um, or a gate on a gate. Yes. Um, so you've already, you're already diffusing the truth. You're already establishing that just nobody, you know, every event is just people's perceptions of it right you know and they're them reporting on it yes and so you've got the story of a bandit who is untrustworthy mm-hmm. you've got the story of a distraught woman who's yeah. been like attacked and um affected by this right and then you've got a ghost yes <laughs> who i think we i don't know if this movie wants me to believe in ghosts or not i feel like it does or is it like this woman who is and i don't know where we're at in the hand period like vis-a-vis Right. Talking to spirits or whatever. But, you know, her job is she gets some money to come to the court. And if ghosts aren't real, it's to do a good job. And maybe, like, she's riffing and, like, well, this is a samurai. And so his perspective would be, you know, I was attacked and shamed by this. And I was the one that was betrayed. I'm just, she's lying. Right. But maybe she didn't see it as lying. But if she's going to lie, her story is going to be from the point of view of the samurai and how he was wronged. And took his own life, you know, out of shame like a samurai would. And so we can just assume that that is her story for him. Well, something I thought, though, while I was watching it was, like, it sounded like it was his voice coming out of her. Yeah, well, they they did that in the film. So I feel like they are asking us to believe in ghosts. Um, Okay. Uh, that's kind of just what I get from it. But anyways, in the both the bandit story and the husband story, uh, the sex between the wife and the bandit is consensual. Yeah. And in the wife's story, it it is rape. Yeah. So I think we can believe the wife. Yeah. No. Yeah. But I don't think the movie believes the wife. I don't think the movie believes anybody. Well, <laughs> I think everybody who was involved, including the ghost, will just go with your theory. Uh, yeah. They all tell a self-serving narrative. Mm-hmm. And even the guy at the end, the woodcutter goes, let me tell you what really happened. Even his narrative is self-serving. Yeah. And so if the wife is telling a self-serving narrative, according to the film, she did want it and she's ashamed. And that's right. what I don't, I'm not, I'm going to go back to Elcast on this and say, come on. Yeah. Come on, 1950. I know. I know. Like supposedly she was ashamed of her husband and she wanted out or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's some other fun things in this. Yeah. Did you get sword boner? Uh. Did you get that? No, I did not get that. When they're riding by, so this, so Tajumar in his story says he blames it on the wind. Oh, because he the wind blows the veils apart, and he, and he sees, sees her. her, and yeah. then it's time he's got to have her. And yeah. while he's lying there sleeping next to a tree, super classy style, he's got his sword is like laying down between his legs, and then as they pass by, he sort of shifts the sword, and then he brings it up. It like flips up on his leg, like his leg is the fulcrum, and then now oh the sword gosh. is like sticking up. Okay, sword point. Nah, I did not catch nice that. Nice job, Chris. Huh? Uh, all right. Sword dick in there. All right. Is um, Toshiro Mifune, is he the Japanese Harrison Ford? <laughs> he might be. I don't know. What else has he been in? Harrison Ford 
points at other people's faces. Yeah. <laughs> Minnie points at his own face. That's right. No, I'm just saying, like, he's um, he's a good-looking dude. Mm-hmm. And, but he's like, I'm a good-looking dude. And he did play gentlemen, you know, in his career. He played, sure. like, cleaned-up guys. But he plays a lot of these, like, you know, wild guys who are, like, the whole thing is, like, Harrison Ford's, like, a dreamboat, but why doesn't he shave? Does he have a razor? Right. He looks like a he look, he look like a piece of trash. Come on, man, get it together. <laughs> That's like your whole thing, you know. Right. Because I was just thinking about that when I watched it. Yeah. The whole thing that. is that like, why is this good-looking guy dressed in rags and he's like scratching right. himself all the time? Right, right. And laughing like a hyena. Get off my plane <laughs> of existence, ghost samurai. <laughs> And laughing like I hate. Well, Harrison Ford doesn't do that, I no, guess. But, uh, no. I did feel like, like the samurai character kind of, he kind of sucks as a samurai. Like, the he should, being a samurai and having that training and that background, he should whoop the bandit's butt. But that doesn't happen in any of the stories. Yeah. Um. The, well, there's a long-running thing of... The warrior class in Japan, you know, it being paper tigers, like they're just yeah, yeah. they're I, I could see and that. in uh, Europe, you know, Europe, it wasn't Europe though, but in medieval Europe, like a lot of the knights, you're a knight because you have land and you have vassals and and that right. sort of thing, right? But it doesn't mean that you and you're called up to go to war when the king says we're going to war, right? And it doesn't mean that you're like an expert jouster Courage. or like you've got Courageous. two broadswords, right? Going around, I guess. I guess when I think of samurai, I just think of you know these fierce warriors and yeah, and he was that's the myth. Yeah, and he was not that. That's the myth. Yeah. PR. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to call out the use of music as well, which okay, of course sure. is again, it's so good and so in your face or in your ears and obvious mm-hmm. that I think it's like one point off for it oh okay <laughs> do you sure. know what I mean yeah like it's really good and I would just listen to the, the Rashomon soundtrack mm-hmm. but it's it, it takes the place of dialogue for a lot of it yes and it's so it's telling the story about the characters as long as you know with what's going on like there's one part where it's like there, there's like even when the woodfinder is like finding stuff he's going through the woods and it's like do 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 Right. Uh, he finds a hat. <laughs> he finds like the comb or something like that. Yeah. You know? um, in the wife's section. Yes. She's doing something and it's like. And I'm like, is this Bolero? They're doing Bolero. And they did. Like the uh, uh, Fumio Hayasaka, the composer, like did a an adaptation of Bolero like for that oh, thing. Oh, really? So it's like. 1950 Bolero maybe wasn't on the nose, but it just feels like. Why is this movie so good? I'm mad, man. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it reminds me of when I don't want to say Quentin Tarantino, but like when a filmmaker comes out of nowhere and they clearly know their stuff, Mm -hmm. but a lot of their stuff is kind of borrowed. Oh, you're doing this thing. Are you doing that thing? And it's like great debut. I'd like to see some more original stuff from this person, but. It's a really great debut, and it shows that they are well versed in the language of cinema. That's mm-hmm. what this feels like to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think he 
you know, uses his knowledge of cinema really well. And yeah. Yeah. He's got the wipes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's got the uh, <laughs> Kurosawa wipes. That was just filmic storytelling back then. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so weird. It's like you, you feel like you're in medieval Japan and then like, whoop. Oh, it's Star Wars, I guess. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, maybe that's where they got it, too. I know. George Lucas was very... Oh, no, that, that's absolutely where George yeah. Lucas got it from, yeah. yeah. Uh, something else is in the ghost story. Yes. Uh, he's... This is why... This is why I don't think it's real. The samurai's like... My wife was like, oh, man, your dick's the best. I want to be with you now. And the bandit was like, what? Just because you want my dick, you're with me? Get out of here. Right. And at that point, the samurai's like... I wanted to forgive him for how noble he was. Right. Was Come like, on. what? I know. He I know. wouldn't have said that. I don't feel like that's true either. Like his ghost. <laughs> his ghost is lying. He's he's not telling the truth. Um Yeah. And then is it the husband's story where she starts like just laughing hysterically at, his, at them and like kind of pits them against each other? Yeah. And she's not exactly having them fight over her, but she kind of is, even though it seems like neither of them want her anymore. So everybody's a bad guy in this story, except yeah. for a lady that was raped, mm-hmm. who is not responsible for any of this happening. To no. Her. She's the victim. Yeah. Um, do it. Remake Rashomon. Oh, boy. <laughs> Only if they did, it'd be a, let's do a Rashomon prequel. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and it would be, uh, here's how the woodcutter got his axe. Oh, my God. I mean, seriously, that's what. Yeah. That's how people make prequels now. I know. This is how the priest became a priest. <laughs> <laughs> he took his vows. Yeah. Meditated quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this movie has been adapted. Has it? It was adapted into a 1964 film called The Outrage. Okay. Uh, starring Edward G. Robinson. Okay. No, let me finish. And Paul Newman. What? Let me finish. And William Shatner. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. And it was also made into a 1991 film oh starring God. Bridget Fonda oh. and Jeff Fahey. Oh, my goodness. And the Japanese connection is... The guy, the samurai in this case, is a Japanese businessman because in 1991, I guess we were still afraid that Japan was going to rule us or whatever. Wow. Because of uh, buying all the land. So uh, actor Hiroaki Murakami uh, plays uh, the Japanese businessman who's found dead. And then we got to find out from old Jeff Fahey whether it was... Uh, he. I think he was in a lot of these erotic thrillers in the 90s, wasn't uh, he? I guess. Yeah. Weird. Um, okay. Um... Doesn't sound like there's been a great remake of it, then. Why? But they got it right, though. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. It? No, you're right. Um, it, there's there's not a good reason to remake it. So the idea of the Rashomon effect is yes. a real life term that mm-hmm. usually um, is used in law or sometimes psychology about how people perceive things, and so you'll get a different sort of story, um, story or um, eyewitness account for. Something that should be objectively true. Mm-hmm. And it's also, of course, been used endlessly in other pop culture um, yes. uh, or just media in general. Um, 
usually know when like, well, what happened was, and you're like, oh, they're yeah. doing a Rashomon. Yeah. They're doing a Rashomon. Yeah. Sometimes to the idea, the point where different strokes did an episode, <laughs> I guess Arnold was, something happened to him and then something else happened and they called it Rashomon 2. Not wow. as creative as the Johnny Bravo episode where they did a Rashomon and called it Rashomoron. <laughs> which kind of want that as a show title, but yeah. it's been used. Yeah. Rashomore? <laughs> it's Rashomore. Rashomore. When you've got a bunch of people and they're waiting at a steeple. It's kind of what a it's kind of a trine. Steeple. Yeah. Rashomore. <laughs> When the rain's full of ink. Yes. But it's not what you think. Rashomore. <laughs> Can you think of any examples of Rashomon being used in the kind of media that we talk about on this show? Yes. Um, there is a X-Files show episode called Bad Blood. Vince Gilligan. Yes. Written by Vince Gilligan. Uh, in which... Um, both Scully and Mulder have kid from different viewpoints. The Sandlot. Yes, the red-haired kid from the Sandlot. Mulder stabs him to death. Yes. <laughs> and they have to. <laughs> and they have to. Basically, they get his family sues the FBI for like a hundred million dollars, uh-huh. and so they're like, "We got to get our story straight about what right. happened." But their stories are completely different yes. because. They've both been chasing down two sides of this. Yes. And Luke Wilson is the is the sheriff. Is the sheriff of this town. Yeah. That's a great episode. It, it is a and great it's an episode. example of it, but it ruined the show. You know, you think so? Yes. Because every episode that was in the fifth season leading up to the fifth season break when the movie came yeah. out. Yeah. I know a lot about the X Files. And every freaking episode after that was a comedy episode and didn't need to be. Right, it, it was a like comedic these forced, episode. not funny, yeah. like comedy episodes. It was a comedy episode, monster of the week episode. Yeah, uh, and uh, so in like Scully's version, she's kind of attracted to Luke Wilson and stuff like that. But in Mulder's version, she's like definitely attracted to him, and he's got like buck teeth in Mulder's version. <laughs> yeah, old Phil government, and like the show. he's not super <laughs> refined at all. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, and in, uh, yeah, and Mulder has Scully. People keep showing up dead because yeah. this is a vampire town. And Mulder's got Scully doing autopsies. Yes. So she's doing like autopsy after autopsy. And she's realizing, wait, the last meal this person had and was had pizza. pizza. Yeah. And she had ordered pizza at the hotel. Right. Uh, and then Mulder had sent her to do the autopsy. So he was eating the pizza. Yeah. And there was like something in the pizza. It's like, like chloroform or something. Yeah. And but, so she knows that he's in trouble, so she goes yeah, yeah, to I find him. Episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in, in that hotel scene, though, there's like Scully's version where she's Mulder's like, yeah, well, sorry, you got to do another one of these things. And he's like, hey. oh, your pizza coming? Oh, that's going to be delicious. And uh-huh. she's like, great. And then in like Mulder's version, she's just like yelling at him <laughs> like the right. whole time. She's right. Like, she's like, I do it all for you, Harvey. Mulder. Yeah. Everything I do for you. And don't touch my pizza. And she leaves and slams the door and the picture goes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's good stuff. And, and part of the investigation is that Mulder goes with Luke Wilson to this RV park where supposedly the kid lived and everything. Uh, and something doesn't seem quite right, but. 
They don't think about it. They like they gold pulled up stakes. Yeah. They go back home and then they go back. Skinner when they come sends back, them back. They, yeah. When they come back, the, the narrative is unified. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so like at one point, Luke Wilson is giving Scully something to drink and then she realizes she's been drugged. Right. And then he's like, oh, we're not so bad. Blah, blah, blah. taxes. And you find out that like all the whole RV park or the whole town is vampires. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Yep. Um, it's called in. Yeah. It, it's a good episode, I feel like. There's another episode that has something like that of the X-Files, um, which was, uh, I think, a Darren Morgan episode. Um Jose Jung's from outer space. Yes. Where the whole thing takes place in the aftermath of like this incident and they've talked to all these people about what happened and it turns out to be like <laughs> this is uh, I, it's a comedy episode and I don't know like I love early X-Files comedy episodes. But you have to imagine that everybody thinks Mulder's a crank. Mm-hmm. He must talk to a lot of cranks. Every Mess. week they're finding like you know, black sucking vampires and fluke men, but he must talk to a lot of people. Even like Max from NICAP or whatever is like totally on the level. Like he is being abducted by aliens right. for sure, but they must right. talk to a lot of. And so this is an, a thing where they find out that the girl said that she was, you know, impregnated by aliens, but she's just doing her boyfriend. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so they yeah. created this entire elaborate story. They talked to this crazy guy who, who's worried about the lava men. Um, Alex Trebek <laughs> shows up, you know, and there's this one scene specifically where they're describing um, this diner and like they're talking about like oh, this agent came in, you know, and he was you know kind of good looking, but, you know, kind of kind of doofy looking, too. And it's Mulder. And he ordered like a sweet potato pie. And then he just like ate the entire pie. And then I gave him and he kept asking me qu- every question with another bite of pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's totally different from like, you know, what what we, if somebody else's account of the thing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, some good episodes, I feel like. Some. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, yeah. Um, there's a um, Star Trek TNG episode. Oh, yeah. A Matter of Perspective. Yeah. That's the. Um, that's a kind of a similar uh, that's got to be directly sourced from it isn't it because it, it, there's Riker yes he's got a beard he doesn't go <laughs> right and there's a lady yes who's yeah there's a lady there's a lady that's her character and there's a scientist and there's a scientist who's who, her who dies yes in this incident yes and they think it's because Riker might have killed him because he's like doing the guy's lady right and they have to like use the holodeck to like recreate it that's a yes. great like future sci-fi adaptation of that type of story. Yeah. If you're going to do it, I can't wait for the Outer Limits episode that that probably has already been done <laughs> where they're going to do that. But that's how right. you, that's how you do that. Yeah. And so it was like Riker's like recounting and it was like, you know, all done in the holodeck. And then it was the scientists, like his logs and like somehow the, the wife's like um, depiction as well. And like, they were all mixed together. Like, so something would happen. They would see something and Riker would be like, I didn't see him until the next morning, you know? And it's like, okay, so you did not make out with his wife, <laughs> like, you know, and stuff like that. Right. Um, and like Troy is like to, to Picard, we both know he's innocent. And, you know, of course Picard wants to believe that, but it, you know, as the story goes on, it's what like, what does the medium say? Right. 
I know, right? The medium in this case, though, is like the holodeck. Yes. It's kind of like them recreating from yes. logs or whatever. And then even the solution at the end, which I'm sure Jordy or somebody, you know, detects that, oh, no, the guy shot a phaser at Riker, but it bounced off of the transporter beam and, like, hit his yeah. nuclear reactor. And, like, right. that's how he blew up. Right. So it was it was an accident. The supernatural is science. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I think... I mean, it is like if you go on the Wikipedia page, they um, they do. Who wrote the episode? Um, that is a great question. Let me see if I can find it. Um, it's always in the sidebar of the Wikipedia page. At uh, the top. Written by Ed Zuckerman. Oh, don't know that person. Um, that was a that was a pitch. Directed by Cliff. Uh, Cliff Bull. Bull. Yep. Season three. I believe it is season three. Yep. Season three, episode 14. So that was like Melinda Snodgrass was busy or something like that. And that was whoever Ed Zuckerman is. That, that was a pitch probably. He probably. came in and he's like. Rashomon. No, no. No to all those other ones. All right. right. Last idea. Rashomon, Rashomon in space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> any other uh, Rashomon in space? Um, I don't have any other Rashomon. I got one well, in space. Well, there's one in space. Yeah. I can think of. It's an episode of Farscape. Yeah. Called. I don't know. Uh, it's truth called is a, the ugly truth. The ugly truth, yeah. yeah. Where <laughs> they must have been saving money because the whole thing is set either on Moya or in this Ta- totally black room full of water. Oh yeah. And they're all being put in this like MC Escher chair, and this race is like, you guys, somebody died or, or something blew up or something Stark like that. Stark died. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and they're like. They're not like godlike aliens, but they're like superior aliens, and they're like, I don't think we can have you guys cruising around if you're going to be dangerous. They, they, so someone blew up one of their ships. Yes, and it was carrying this kind of gas that is like one of the seven things that, like, that you're not supposed to have. All right, whatever. Uh, and Talon, or however you say the name, Talon. Yeah, Moya's kid. Um. So they're saying somebody, Talon shot this this ship. Right. And they're trying to decide if the ship acted on its own one or one, somebody yeah, like they, they shot it. Go through all the crew and like interview them, and they're all trying to protect the secret. And everybody, they the people who are grilling them like know that they're lying. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, that's a pretty good like one. Many for, for sure. episodes. Yes. Hope you watch that show. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and it isn't, I don't know. I mean, like, it gets applied to any time that you are telling a story and there's more than one viewpoint. It just seems yes. like it's always, I'm Rush not sure mind. if it should apply to all of them, but I guess it does. Well, the one, one interesting thing about the episode Bad Blood was <coughs> um, in the Wikipedia page, it says it was inspired by the Dick Van Dyke um, episode, which is about a fight that the you know, the husband and wife have. Yeah. And the third perspective is a fish that yeah, they right. have. Yeah. Which is like, what? Yeah. So they, they don't even mention Rashomon, but but if you go to the Dick Van Dyke show page, it they mention Rashomon. A fish medium. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um yeah, I think we've covered it. Yeah, I think so too. I was just thinking so like not things that it sh- shouldn't be applied to but probably could. It'd be something like um, the video game Resident Evil 2. Okay. Which is probably the best PS1 game there is. Okay. But it comes on two discs. Oh, 
and there are two playable characters, right? Okay. And so each of them has their own storyline that takes sure. place at the same time in this like event that's happening. And so you can play through both characters' storylines, the mm-hmm. A and the B storyline. But then once you've completed the A and the B storyline, you can swap like discs or like swap stories and you play again as the same character, but doing all the things that you don't see them do. It's only suggested that they're doing in the other person's story. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of interesting. So you're kind of like, yeah. So if you're fighting a guy and then like you're Ava and you're seeing Leon doing something, it's like, what is he doing? And then like later on you're playing Leon. You're like, oh, there's Ava. Like, what's she doing? Okay. All right. You play it four times. Jeez. AKA my junior year. (laughs) Play each character differently? Yeah. Okay. Sure. It's a pretty great game. Okay. Sounds Um, good. We're at the end. Would you recommend it? Um, Yeah, I would recommend it. Um, I, I think it's... Uh, an interesting take on storytelling. If 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 you take nothing else away from it, um, I I think it has value there, and um, it it has influenced so many other things, um, entertainment wise. So um, I think it's good to if you are somebody who likes to know more of the history of entertainment and everything, where things come from. I, I think this is an important piece of that, and uh, I think it's a must-see. Um, that's not how I remember it. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, at the very least, I mean, like we said before, it's not like this is the first time anybody did something like this, but it definitely helped establish the idea that narrative is flexible, and yes. you don't have to just say, but, but, uh, but this happened. The blob came down. We ran from it. Right. I'm Steve McQueen. This and then this and then this. Like, you can see something and not understand it or get more information later. Mm-hmm. You, you know, we see this a lot in movies where something happens and it's like, oh, great. But then, like, oh, but then you later know, I just realized he was the something thing. You know, right. The usual suspects. It's something that I think it's like a one man Rashomon. True, true. Yeah. Smith. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, for that alone, you know, it deserves to um, to hang around. But mm-hmm. for me, the cinematography. Yeah. The cinematography is pretty great. Now, a fake laugh. All right, well, that's our story, or at least my story, um, and then maybe and your story, story. Yeah. they're different. Yes. And also, there's a baby that shows up. Yeah, I think they- I don't want to fix Rajaman. It doesn't need to be fixed. No. But insofar as it was adapted from a story, and in the story, from what I understand, there is no framing thing. It's just presented right. as is, and you go, huh, weird. But in the movie- Clearly, we're trying to get a theme across, and you've got three extra characters, the yes. woodcutter, the commoner, and the guy. The commoner is only there to go, well, why don't you tell me more? Yes. Why don't you tell me a little more? Yes. And also, nah, I don't really care about morality. No. I'm the world. Right. Why couldn't why couldn't the commoners uh, have the woodcutter story at the end? The woodcutter gets to tell something at the beginning. The monk t- gets to tell something at the beginning. The third part of this double trifecta should be the woodcutter going, those are uh, cute stories, but... I saw the whole thing. Right. 
And we get to the end, and he can even reveal at the end, and it wasn't a knife that killed him. It was a sword or whatever, or actually it's the other way around. And guess who has that dagger? I bet you know something about that, Mr. Woodcutter, don't right, you? Right, exactly. And then later on, he's like, I'm going to steal from a baby. And like, what, what are you doing? He's like, well, you're a, you steal too. What do you care? Right, exactly. I, just just to fix Rashomon, if you just if you need Rashomon to be fixed. <laughs> wonder what Jeff Fahey's doing right now. Oh, my goodness. Well, anyway, uh, you can find us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all those great places, by searching for Just Enough Trope. You can also find us on all the usual pod-catching places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all the good stuff. Look for Just Enough Trope. When you find us, subscribe to us. Get get the story. Yes. The real story. Right. When it comes out. And then another story later that contradicts everything that came before. Right. Unless it's me trying to remember the, what the, the film focus is. <laughs> it's a bad title. You know that they were looking at other stuff. I know. Uh, anyway, but yeah, subscribe to us. Uh, give us a review because we'd appreciate it. We like hearing from the fans. And give us a rating because that's how that's how you know that's right. that we're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Those services throw us up there. And we reach more people, which we want to do. So give us five combs. <laughs> the comb only appears in the woodcutter's story. Yeah. What's the significance of the comb? I don't know that there is one, yeah. except that That's there's a, loose a lady. End. Yeah, That's I know. That's a loose end there. Yeah. Maybe five sword boners. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe just five stars, and then we don't have to worry about that. Yes. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about something else. I don't have a plan right now. Neither do it's I. It's a wild card. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I know in two weeks we'll be talking about Battle Angel Alita. Yes. And so... Um, you know, we'll, it'll be something good. Yes. And that'll be next week. So we're signing off until then. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mika Nana. Keep the geek fires burning. Yeah.